What is the chief end of man? This is the question we're all asking. What's my purpose in life? What will make me happy? The Westminster Shorter Catechism answers, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. This is the message of the Bible and King Jesus. Man's Chief End is a radio ministry of the Puritan Reformed Presbyterian Church in San Diego, walking the same old good paths and right rule along the narrow way. Hear now a message by our pastor, Grant Van Leuven. Welcome to Man's Chief End Radio. This is Pastor Grant Van Leuven from the Puritan Reformed Presbyterian Church. Most of the time on our program, we run sermons in parts, but sometimes we like to get into the studio and have some interviews. And today is one of those days. Today, I am uh, happy to have joined me, uh, joined with me, uh, Mr. Josh McClure from Pregnancy Care Clinic in Santee, uh, also with a satellite office in Southeast San Diego, not far from our church. Had the privilege of working with uh, Mr. McClure uh, for a number of years to help with our church to get that satellite clinic not far from us. My understanding is it's a pretty strategic location, and we might want to talk about that in terms of maybe counteracting the strategy that's out there. Uh, But the reason we're here today uh, to talk about something is related to the need for ultrasounds and sonograms to save babies' lives. I had been working on an article for a few months. It uh, just ran uh, last week. And I called it Ultrasounds and Sonograms Save Babies' Lives, A Call to Support Pregnancy Care Clinics. And I want to share about why I wrote that. Uh, I want to share about the impetus of the idea for that article of my own experience with my lovely wife, Fernanda, as we went to the hospital to learn about how our uh, eighth covenant child um, was doing in her womb pretty early on and the pretty shocking experience we had. But it did make me remember of how important it is to have ultrasounds and sonograms provided by pregnancy care clinics. And so Ms. McClure is here to speak about that. And in God's providential timing, the article delayed. And right before it was going to run, I got some emails from uh, Josh as executive director of the pregnancy care clinic, letting constituents know about something going on in San Diego County with the supervisors and a meeting where they were actually going to consider what they could do to close down pregnancy care clinics with some really horrible rhetoric about pregnancy care clinics, uh, untruths, to say it nicely. And I'm going to pretty much turn the microphone over to Ms. McClure in a moment, but what I'd like to first do is share what made me think about writing this. Um, and uh, we have uh, Ms. McClure's message actually in the footnote of the article in an editor's note letting people know about what's going on in San Diego County and uh, the concerns we have about it. If you want to read the article, you can go to reformation21.org. And you'll find it there. Uh, It is with the ministry called the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, Reformation21.org, Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. But let me share with you what happened first, why that made me think to write this article. And then again, in God's providence, um, it made a lot of sense to have the message from Josh with the Pregnancy Care Clinic uh, included. And uh, we just want to let listeners of, of the Christian radio know about this in San Diego County and what can be done uh, to, to try to improve the situation and ultimately save babies' lives, which I'm convinced the pregnancy care clinics God uses to save many lives. And of course, with a Christian witness, we would pray and trust uh, many souls. Here's what happened. A uh, number of months ago, my wife Fernanda and I uh, learned that we were pregnant again, expecting our next child. And I actually said, are you sure that's impossible? How could that have happened? Uh, because just in, in the way that month was going, lots of things going on, it, it didn't seem actually almost at all possible, but it was because it happened and not miraculously. Um, but uh, we were a little surprised. We were very happy about it. Um, but we decided to, uh, you know, as we would always do, go see the doctor pretty early on, her gynecologist, and check on her and check on the baby. Uh, we had at, at 10 weeks, we had already had a blood test uh, because we like to take the test because it tells us if we have a boy or a girl. We like to know because we like to come up with a name right away and be praying for that baby by name. I heard a pastor mention that years ago before I was ever married about why it's so nice to know you can have the name and pray for that child by name. Uh, we just like to know, I guess, also. Uh, so we took the test. And actually, this test is really highlighted by the doctors to find out if there are chromosomal mutations. 
for the possibility of knowing if you want to have the baby or not. That's never why we do it. We want to know what we're having. And we're having the baby, whatever God gives us as a gift. Psalm 127, Psalm 128 speak about how babies are a gift of God. The arrow uh, filling the quiver of the man to impact the world. And we're to raise them straight and to shoot straight. But also it says that it is a reward to the mother's womb. I don't think that's the way the world, and I'm sad to say, I don't think a lot of the church actually, their initial response is that this is a reward from God. It's treated as a curse. In our experience, we this will be our eighth child. Uh, we're getting a little older. I'll be turning 50. She just rounded 40. So that's the other thing, more potential danger of problems. And uh, so we didn't really get a very great reception at first, uh, I won't, other than our church and some close friends. So there's a lot of pressures we're going in. My wife is feeling all the hormones. She's tired. We have lots of uh, lots. We have several toddlers uh, running, uh, giving us a run for our money. So it, we're not in the perfect state to be questioned about whether we'll have the baby. Now that's not even an option. But keep that in mind with others who might go in in that situation. And here's what the doctor said to my wife: Did you try to get pregnant? Were you trying to get pregnant? And my wife's answer was a little sheepish. Well, actually, we were trying not to. It was family planning. It, it turned out with nursing and different things that that month was kind of moving on us. She's usually like clockwork. But, uh, you know, technically, we were trying not to. And uh, she was sheepish about it. And the doctor's response was immediately this. Do you want to be? So remember, her question is, did you try to get pregnant? The answer was, well, no. And then her question is, do you want to be? And then, like rapid fire, she's she's pleasant, although kind of cavalier, and in my opinion, a little arrogant. But the way it went is, do you want to be? You don't have to be. This is California. That was what she said that fast altogether. Do you want to be? You don't have to be. This is California. And I was shocked. I was holding my little baby born uh, in January. We were, I think we we're looking probably around July or August, we're, we're here to learn about our baby son we're learning we're going to have. So she's saying this. Essentially, what she's saying is, do you want to kill the baby? You don't have to keep the baby alive. And she's saying this as she's looking at my little baby, our little baby on my lap across the room that she just Googled over. I was shocked when we affirmed we're having the baby. It's a gift of God. Uh, I should say my wife affirmed that. Uh, I'm there supporting her. She's speaking. Uh, then when it was almost like, okay, mental checklist, I couldn't get him to abort the baby because they know how many children we've had. They know her age, yada, yada. It's almost like you go this one direction. It's almost like she switched her mental checklist to, okay, well, I couldn't get him to say abort the baby, so now we have to go through the procedures. And so then, and only then, she wheels over the ultrasound machine and we start to look at the baby together and we're just marveling and she's apparently marveling with us over it although frankly I felt a little bit of tension there and we're looking at he's got his mama's long legs he is kicking a mile a minute you know this is a baby you're looking at even so young it's there's no denying this is a baby and um, the heartbeat is really strong. You're seeing it scratch across the screen and you're seeing it pulsate. It was too early uh, to be able to hear it, but you will hear that soon. And I'm thinking to myself, here this doctor who was a, a mother of one, uh, and she wasn't our usual, wasn't my wife's usual gynecologist. She was a backup. Our, our usual gynecologist is wonderful, quite the contrary of what we experienced. But I, I thought to myself, how is she smiling with us over this baby on the screen that she had just earlier suggested to kill. You know, we have this thing called the Hippocratic Oath they're supposed to take, which is to protect life, but I can't help playing off the words. It sure seemed hypocritical to me. And as we walked out, we had the sonogram strips of the pictures of the baby, and we're walking out of the hospital slowly because we keep pausing and look at the pictures and can't wait to go home and to show everyone, uh, all the other children, the pictures of, of our baby boy who we're naming Gaius Ezekiel. Uh, I said to Fernanda, I said, you know, it occurs to me, she didn't offer to look at the ultrasound machine until after you said you're going to have the baby. And I said, I don't, I don't think that was an accident, Fernanda. I think that was strategic. Had you said I'm willing to abort the baby, I don't think they're ever going to show you that ultrasound because you might change your mind. I, I said, that is incredibly strategic. In this article uh, that I wrote related to this, I, I quote some facts from Focus on the Family, and they actually do point out that rarely, if ever, uh, will an abortion clinic ever show an ultrasound to someone. 
And they do speak to the statistics of how much uh, that's so important when somebody sees the baby. And I share some stories from the pregnancy care clinic and from uh, CAPS and focus on the family of how when people see the baby, it changes things. They decide they often move from wanting to have the baby killed to have the baby. And um, lots of resources in the Pregnancy Care Center support them with different ways of, of helping that along, even making sure adoption is known as an option. But I was so struck that we've got to remind people by this example why we need sonograms, why we need ultrasound machines uh, with the pregnancy care clinics, because this is one of the few places uh, a family, a uh, young lady can go and see the life. You know, when you see your baby on that screen, it's like a window looking in, almost like later. I mean, now the babies are right there with you, but it used to be you'd look through the window, right? The baby in the little little bed or whatever. But it's like a window you're you're looking through and you see this real life and you're and you're immediately realizing this is a this is an image of God. But when that window is veiled, when that portal is veiled and the, and they're not allowed to look you they're they're kept distant from the reality that this is a baby this is a person and uh so we have uh, Josh McClure here with the pregnancy care clinic to share about uh the needs and how important this is and also what ended up happening right around the time of the article so i do have uh, ways to read his message to constituents and a footnote in the article with ways to act and respond uh Right about the same time it was going to be published, he sent out an important message about what was happening in San Diego County and an, a, a, a devilish, a satanic effort to close down pregnancy care clinics. And I want to turn the mic over. I want to thank you, Josh, for joining us. And if you can, if you can share about that in the ministry, of course, but share about what's been going on in San Diego County to our San Diego County listeners. Yeah. So again, thank you for having me on. And uh, also thank you, Grant, for all the work that you've done to support pregnancy centers and years ago meeting in evenings, um, <laughs> various churches and locations trying to work on building a new clinic in Southeast San Diego. You know, you're welcome. As you know, it, it occurs to say Pastor Mack, one of the other pastors that was serving on the committee, yeah. he uh, he married uh, my, me and Fernanda, Fernanda and me years later. So that was another extra benefit I received from it. <laughs> wonderful yeah. people involved, wonderful pastors and leaders in the community that were involved in that project. And it's still strong going today. That clinic is uh, growing each year in the number of clients. Uh, that community is still aborting about 50% of their kids. Mm. And so that's it's vital that we're there. Uh, our other clinic uh, is out in Santee. And so we've been serving in East County for, uh, for 30 years total and uh, in Southeast San Diego now for seven, almost eight years now. Praise the Lord. Well, let us let the listeners know what's happening in San Diego County. What what was about to happen at the December 5th meeting that you were so compelled to let us all know about? And I'm glad you did, or I wouldn't have known about it, although it's been on the news. Share share about that with us and what's happened and what, what you think might need to happen next. Yeah. So it actually started in November, but we got almost no notice. We We literally had about three days to react to what was going on. Uh, and what it is is that Supervisor uh, Tara Remmer introduced an agenda item where she was requesting $500,000 of County of San Diego money to uh, put on ad campaigns to smear pregnancy centers and to warn the public about the menace uh, that pregnancy centers are, all, all just using rhetoric from uh, pro-abortion sources. And by the way, uh, uh, we were we were on with uh, Scott Furrow in, in Los Angeles, and he played a lot of that clip from the news. And you're not exaggerating. That's the way she spoke about the pregnancy care clinics, right? Oh, yeah. She, she did not mince words. Um, you know, she has a First Amendment right to say what she wants to, but as soon as she wants to run ads, uh, she's entering into uh, uh, libel and slander and all kinds of stuff. So she does have to be very careful about what she does and what she says about us. But um, for getting out in front of people and saying evil, terrible things that are uh, not true is, uh, 
you know, it, it's, it's protected right. in this case. And, and quite inflammatory, the way she said things. But uh, so December 5th, you were letting us know she had something for the supervisors of San Diego County. She had something on the, it was agenda number 25, I think, or yes. item 25. It was taken away, thankfully, because it sounds like enough word got out there. They got enough pressure. They took it off, but it could come back. That's one thing to talk about later. But, but what specifically was she having on the agenda for the county supervisors to consider? So she was asking for $500,000 to run these ad campaigns and also to direct the uh, lawyer core, uh, the, the lawyer leaders of the county, if you will, to investigate how they could uh, pursue lawsuits against pregnancy centers in order to shut them down. Mm. Uh, so it was very targeted. It was very specific. She was gunning for what we do and wanting to put a stop to it. Amazing. And um, thankfully it was taken off, but my understanding is uh, there was still a time where people are allowed to come in and speak to the supervisors. And uh, so you you were attempting to be there. Others were. It sounds like there's a long line, so it's hard to, to guarantee <laughs> you get a voice. But you were able to speak or, and, and uh, speak to the, the benefit yeah. of pregnancy care clinics and why we don't want to see something like that happen again? So Agenda 25 was pulled. And each supervisor meeting, there is a section toward the beginning of the meeting where public gets to come in and comment. Well, uh, the way that they interpret those rules is that they will take the first 10, uh, the first 10 callers and the first 10 that walk, or I'm sorry, the first five callers and the first five that are there present. I was number 17. Mm-hmm. So they put all the rest of the public commenters at the end of the agenda. Uh, and, you know, I have a family. I had, to, I had to leave and go do my daddy responsibilities, take my daughter to basketball, all this kind of stuff. But I began listening to the broadcast. And, again, that you can actually view on their website. They have uh, video feeds of it all. You can see the whole thing that's going on. But uh, I, I began watching at 6, and it, it didn't come up for me to speak on the topic until about 9.45. Mm-hmm. And they, they finished right at 10. Um, so my, what I had to say was really talking about the good work that pregnancy centers do, the, the free services. The, uh, my, my clinic serves about 700 clients a year. Um, all of our services are free, uh, pregnancy testing, ultrasounds, and by the way, we are staffed by licensed professional medical people, which, she, you know, Sarah, Tara Lawson uh, Remmer's trying to say that we don't have any. And she's saying that of all of the 16 pregnancy centers in the county. Um, and it, it's, it's, uh, it, she, what, it, what it demonstrates is that she just really doesn't know what's happening. She's just repeating what she's heard. And did you say to Scott Furrow, um he, she's repeating what she heard in terms of talking points from a specific abortion group, right? It, it's, yeah. She doesn't even actually know anything about the local pregnancy care center. She's reading. She's never come to visit us. Yeah. She's, and it, what, what is the organization, again, that she's reading the talking points it's from? It's NARAL, National Abortion Rights Action League. Okay. Yeah. So she's yeah. really kind of championing them against the pregnancy care clinics. Right. But reading talking points for them not having actually visited or spoken to. This is why she's saying things that are so opposite of reality. She hasn't even been there. She doesn't know what, right. what's happening. She's you know. also using some very specific definitions. She's, she's trying to define uh, legitimate clinics as one, as clinics that are offering um, comprehensive reproductive care. Mm-hmm. And the way that they define that is if they perform abortion, then they're providing comprehensive Which is kind of ironic care. because that ends the reproductive It's aspect, right? contrary <laughs> to reproductive care. Yeah. It is I not guess, reproductive I care. I guess we shouldn't be su- surprised in our, in our world today, uh, post-modernism, where nothing makes sense and there is no truth. But that's pretty ironic that speaking of not offering full reproductive care, when in fact that would be to end what is naturally going to be reproducing, right? Wow, yeah. that's tremendous. She's um, also implying that there's a lot of people out there that are being misled and tricked into keeping their babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, and this is what I shared in my uh, one minute that I was given mm-hmm. to speak on the topic is, you know, we have, we have five stars on Google mm-hmm. and we have 4.2 stars on Yelp. 
both of which, by the way, are not super happy about pregnancy centers. Right. <laughs> but Planned Parenthood has 3.5 stars. No kidding. In Out in El Cajon and the, the clinic in downtown San Diego, 3.8 stars. Then you talk about the Sarah Weddington Center mm. right next to SDSU, 2.5 stars. Isn't that something? Yeah, I'm thankful that you point that out because it does seem to speak to, I would imagine, also regret when they learn later what they could have. Again, they are not likely to be shown a sonogram. They're not uh, an ultrasound machine. They're not likely to be given sonogram prints. They're not likely to see this baby. And uh, they're given the impression it's not really a life. They later find out, I'm imagining. You know, I want to come back and have you walk us through um, what 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 it would be like for someone to come and share actually what does happen for our listeners, um, but I, when you mentioned the San Diego uh, satellite of of your ministry, which close to our church again, we were involved in helping it get started because it's so close to us. We we're thankful for that, honored to be part of it. But I remember that was strategically chosen, and I I think my understanding is the pregnancy care clinics are usually pretty strategically chosen about where they're located, so that they are close to Planned Parenthood. And the reason is a Planned Parenthood uh, place that's pushing abortions are usually often strategic as well where they are, often related to the race of, uh, of a population, a majority of a race. Can you speak to that, especially as it relates to the clinic in southeast San Diego near the church? Yeah, so they, they aim to target um, low-income minority groups. And uh, the southeast San Diego community is is primary target. Uh, there is a clinic right in, uh, right in the center of it. They call it the Diamond District, and uh, <clears throat> that's where we started as we began searching for where we could put one in. Uh, I was initially offered the storefront right next door, but that's that's really not what we're about. We're we're not there to be. It's not about controversy. It's not confrontational or controversy. Yeah. It, we're there to offer an alternative and to provide right. education. Right. And, and frankly, I appreciate that. And it's not really to speak against other manners of witnessing uh, about what this atrocious act is. But the concern is, is to be there in a safe place where people aren't going to be afraid to walk in to actually look at and hopefully save their baby, which might be missed if the controversy builds a bit of a wall there, especially just the, in front of everyone, right, this, the, the pressure of it. So the reason you have a clinic in southeast San Diego is because there's a strategic Planned Parenthood there designed to right. try. And isn't that a lot of the history of Planned Parenthood is my understanding. Uh, it was strategically about, um, I don't want to say genocide. What is the word uh, when it's eugenics, eugenics, about, right. Related yeah. to racial backgrounds and seeing certain as inferior to others. Right. That, that right. was actually behind this movement of offering the quote unquote help of ending reproduction, as we would point out. Right. Eugenics is the natural conclusion that anyone who believes in evolution would come to once we become technologically advanced and we realize that we can control uh, population, we can control the genes that we pass on. So the practice of eugenics is to only propagate the quote-unquote best gene. That's interesting you say that. Something comes to mind. I remember years ago, um, not long out of college, working a job, kind of trying to find that more career job. And I, I remember I was hanging out with one of the fellows I worked with. I don't remember how this conversation started. But he was complaining about overpopulation, world population, which, of course, that's also a myth as well. My understanding is you could fit everybody comfortably to live in the state of Texas in the world. You know, there's just a ton of space out there. But, uh, you know, he had this false, you know, idea from much education of the wrong kind that, and I, I got it in my own public school education, that, uh, you know, there's too many people. And so he, he actually said that cert, some people should be killed. He, I couldn't believe he said it. And I said, are you serious? And he was, yeah, he was serious. I said, well, who, who would you start with? Who would you choose? He didn't volunteer himself, by the way. But the reason I say that is, is that's the next step, right? So I, I was really shocked by that. But I, I appreciate that you're, you're recognizing the connection to evolution, because what we believe, what we know from the word, and what we shouldn't let the word, uh, the world that is influence us about and miss uh, interpret the Bible is that we are all made in the image of God from the very beginning on the sixth day. There is not this evolutionary thing, and it's the survival of the fittest. But that is the logical development, right? With Hitler and with this movement, with the the history of Planned Parenting. So, so they're, they're strategically out trying to kill certain groups of people. Is what right. they're really doing? Right? It, it's really happening. There are global organizations that 
are pushing for that even now. You can hear it in the things that they say. You can hear it in the United Nations. Mm. Uh, but Planned Parenthood's founder was Margaret Sanger, and she is uh, very much on record as being a, um, uh, a eugenist, along with a lot of other people at the time. It was a popular idea. Yeah. Well, again, we're with uh, Mr. Josh McClure of Pregnancy Care Clinic, uh, headquarters and main clinic in Santee, had been in El Cajon, have a satellite clinic very close to our church. We were involved in, in helping it get started, by God's grace, uh, in southeast San Diego, strategically there to try to help give an alternative to the strategy against the area and the people living there. And uh, uh, supportpcc.org, is that the website? That's right? correct, okay. supportpcc.org. Okay, I encourage you to look at that up. I'll give you a moment later to, to give more information, um, but just want to remind people here, you're listening to Man's Chief and Radio. This is Pastor Grant Van Leuven with Puritan Reformed Presbyterian Church. Man's Chief and Radio is a ministry uh, of the church. We definitely uh, need your support. If you're able to support us financially, you can go to puritanchurch.com. Listen to the end of the show's tagline for other ways. We need your support to stay on the air. Normally we do provide uh, our earlier sermons from church, but uh, sometimes we like to get into the studio to have interviews when we can, and uh, this is an, an important one. There was a recent uh, issue where San Diego County supervisors were going to meet on December 5th uh, to try to determine ways uh, to uh, affect and try to close pregnancy care clinics in San Diego County. So that's why we have uh, Josh McClure here today to speak about that topic more. Let, let's come back um, to what was said uh, by the county supervisor, giving the implication that the, a, a young lady, I say young lady, it's not just young ladies, but often probably is the case, uh, coming in there, she gives the impression, she says of the pregnancy care clinics wrongly, they don't get all the information, it's not medical. You spoke to the fact you have doctors and you know qualified uh, people there. But maybe can you walk us through for potentially someone listening right now who might be pregnant, wasn't expecting it, and is afraid what to do and needs some support, or others who know someone like that and need to know to be able to encourage them to visit you. Help, help us understand, what, and take your time, what, what are they going to experience when they, when they come to visit you? What, do you? what is the process like? So the first thing that they're going to see when they walk in is they're going to be greeted by a wonderful uh, person there at the front desk. Uh, they've got a little bit of paperwork to do. And then they're brought into a room that we, we call it the library. And they're going to meet with a, an advocate. We call, that's what we call them. We call them advocates because we are going to advocate for them. Uh, they have an important decision to make. Uh, they have three choices before them. If it is an unintended, unplanned, and potentially crisis pregnancy, all three choices are difficult. We just have to be honest about that. Uh, uh, choosing abortion is a difficult choice. Choosing adoption is a difficult choice. And we, we need to be honest. Choosing to parent is a difficult choice. I can speak to that. I have an eighth child on the way, and I'm delighted. Uh, but as a lot of people do say, children are a lot of work, and especially if you're trying to be a good parent. And uh, on the other hand, one thing we also say is children are a lot of love. And people miss that. A lot of love coming out of your heart, their love to you. All the work is worth it. And as the other older children get older, they help you too. But uh, yeah, and I think that's not, that's really great. So you're you're straight and direct about all these. You don't try to make it sound like it's going to be easy. You want them to know what they'd be getting into if they choose to have the baby. Right. So we're talking. We're it's an education model. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nobody likes to be told what to do. That's what uh, Tara Lawson Remmer's suggesting that we're trying to trick people into keeping their babies or that we're trying to tell them what to do or to keep them from picking abortion. Uh, again, you know, nobody likes to be told what to do, so it would be foolish of us to make that our business model. So ours is an education model. We're going to cover each option. We're going to help her walk through each step of the way, and then we're going to show her where the resources are that are going to support her in that. The first resource that she's going to get is a pregnancy verification, which is really just, it's the same pregnancy test that you get in the store. Um, you provide them for free. We do those for free. That happens during this first meeting. They go to the bathroom, I guess, and come yes. back and find out. Yeah. But the results are read by a nurse. That's the difference. Yeah. And so they, they walk, if they walk away right there, or if they're really early, they, uh, we might ask them to come back in, in a couple of weeks. Uh, our threshold to do ultrasound is a little bit later. We're, 
we uh, we need to have them a little bit further along. Just to make sure you know what you're seeing. Well, you? if we do it too early, we could we could alarm her if if she's in that five week six week window and we don't see oh. we don't see a baby, then we have to start telling her. Uh, concern, you know, concerning information about a possible ectopic pregnancy. Oh, yeah. And so our only recommendation is you need to go into the ER. So better to know for sure based on It's much better growth. to wait. Yeah, okay. May, the, so about how long is that then? About what time do you... We, we try to get it at about seven to eight weeks. Seven to eight weeks, which is still very it, early. Right. Now, it can be later. We can do them later. But mm-hmm. uh, a couple-week wait for an ultrasound is not... A big deal. It's no. not a big delay of care. It's no. It's not a problem at all it, for any healthcare uh, service. Yeah, I can speak to that again with my eighth on the way. You don't just get that ultrasound immediately. <laughs> you have to wait until you can get on the doctor's schedule to get in to be seen. And yeah, yeah. Now our ultrasound machine is is strong. It, we can get it mm-hmm. at at five weeks. But the the peril is if we met, if we if we can't see it if it's if it's if it's hazy, we can't get measurements. You can't really interpret for sure what's yeah, going we, on. We yeah, we need to give our doctors good images in order to interpret the results. So that first <laughs> visit, assuming they have to come back for the ultrasound, um, or you're, they're invited to, um, I'm assuming the most of the rest of that visit is just counseling, answering questions, showing support. We use that term counseling uh, carefully. Okay. Um, we... Our our advocates are lay counselors essentially. Okay. So we we can we call it advocacy. We can also call it lay counseling, as you would in a church. Yeah, and but basically, uh, the, the, this lady finds out that she's expecting, and probably I would imagine often wants to talk about it. Could often be, I would imagine, emotional finding out. Um, and I would imagine they usually have some questions. There's some talking oh, yeah. afterwards, or yeah. So I mean. For the pregnancy test and ultrasound, she's there meeting with the nurse. Mm-hmm. So the the nurse is answering all of her questions. Um, the nurse is operating uh, on the orders of our doctors. Um, we're also our clinic offers STI testing as well, and um, and then we offer ongoing supportive programs. So mm-hmm. uh, parenting classes, childbirth classes, moms helping moms, uh, and then we offer a uh, we have a care closet with. Uh, diapers, wipes, and baby clothes, maternity clothes, and we su- we support these women after they make their decision um, right. uh, till about two years after they give birth. Now, before that decision, though, in terms of the steps, there's that first visit. It might include the ultrasound if it's long enough in the pregnancy, but often right. they, they need to come back. And and that's really you know what again was the impetus of my writing this article. Again, if you go to Reformation21.org, you can see uh, article I've written article I've written about the importance of supporting pregnancy care clinics because ultrasounds and sonograms save babies' lives. That was based on my experience I shared earlier uh, in this interview about my wife and I visiting a doctor recently in San Diego, expecting our eighth child. Uh, we've learned our fifth son very early in the pregnancy. She asked, "Do you want to have the baby, or were you planning to have the baby?" The answer was, "Well, we were actually." planning to try not to get pregnant. And, um, well, do you want to, do you want to be pregnant? You don't have to be this is California. We did, we were not offered an ultrasound until after we made it clear we're going to have the baby. And I think that's strategic. So I have some information about the pregnancy care clinic. Josh McClure, executive director is here, uh, have some of his message he sent recently because San Diego County supervisors were actually recently trying to consider an agenda item where they would try to close pregnancy care clinics ultimately. And uh, that's clearly not of the Lord because that can profoundly affect the savings of babies' lives. And uh, that's why we want to share about this uh, today. You're listening again to Man's Chief End Radio, Pastor Grant Van Leuven, uh, serving the saints at Puritan Reformed Presbyterian Church in San Diego. And again, uh, Josh McClure here sharing about uh, the process of what it is for someone to come into one of their clinics uh, and get help. Again, supportpcc.org is the website. So when we get to that next ultrasound visit, whether it's immediate because it's far enough along the pregnancy or they come back, it, it seems like that really is a pretty strategic moment for the for the mother to choose to have her baby. Can you tell us about that experience yeah, it's usually? A, it's a key moment because uh, the, the the world, media, uh, universities, they're, they're all telling her that this is a blob of tissue, uh, this is a uh, parasite, this is this is anything but a fetus. Um, and that is very it's it's strategic and specific because these ladies have to be okay with their abortion. 
Mm. They have to make it okay. Right. And they have to... It's almost like what I've been hearing about the situation with Hamas in Israel and the way that those in Hamas are trained to think about people in Israel. They're trained to think them as not a, not a human being is what I've heard recently. And if you dehumanize, then it makes it easier to kill them, uh, I guess, with searing one's conscience. And s- similarly, if we convince people this is not a human being, then you're not making a real moral decision otherwise except for the fact that it often almost seems to be impressed upon them. Actually, it's immoral to, to keep the baby because look how it's going to ruin your life. But so, so they're trained to think this is not a baby. But that's what ultrasound contradicts. Right. Because you look on that screen and you see eyes, fingers, toes. Yeah, you head, shoulders, movement. knees, and toes, knees, and toes. Yeah, and as I said, when we went in and saw, after the doctor knew we're going to have this baby, so then she brought the ultra machine out again, I think strategic. There's our little son. I don't even know how many weeks. I, don't, I think it was maybe... 15 weeks tops maybe less and there he is and you see his arms his legs i always it's always fun to watch my wife fernanda because she's so cute oh look at that oh look he's looking at me here you know you almost think you're look there it almost feels like you're looking through a window at one another they're so responsive and um the legs kicking and see oh it's clearly mommy's legs nice and long nothing like daddy and uh you know the heartbeat zipping away and the baby just moving all over and stuff you can't deny it's not even i mean you're looking at the skeleton you can't deny this is not a blob this is a person and you sense that there is a soul there you just you instinctively know that because we're in, in the image of god and 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 the, the people need to see this because what you're saying is they've, they've been brainwashed to think that's not the case. And I guess most are brainwashed and believe this is not really a baby. Right. And it's almost like the baby knows that they are in peril because wow. so often I, I, I don't get to see these with, with our clients. Sure. I get reports. But for a, oftentimes with the, the, the ones that are thinking about abortion, you know, they are moving. They are waving. Wow. They are active. And it, it almost seems like they know. It's it's almost like the Lord enables them to do do your best to make sure they know that you're here to keep it. It is away. a it is a very touching moment. Now, it's not to manipulate a decision. It's just to give them the information. It's to give them the information Reality. so they can make a educated choice. Yeah, because later, if they're educated later, as it sounds like some who come back later uh, much further along in a marriage, and now they're educated, what they realize is, I didn't know the truth, but I acted on a lie, and now that child's dead. That child's dead, and now she's carrying a mountain of grief and guilt. Grief, you know. Not that that can't be forgiven by Christ, but it's still a real issue that they have the right to know the truth. And the truth, as Jesus says, will set you free. So help me understand, what are the, I don't know if you have statistics, or certainly it'd be great to hear a a story or a testimonial, but um, what difference does this make, do you think, in in saving babies? I mean, it goes up a certain percentage, uh, those who do or do not. I'm sure some still choose abortion, but can you give any sense of... Any statistics? I don't know how yeah, easy that is to absolutely. do. Absolutely. We, we keep track of those things. Um, for the women that come and see us that are you know, thinking about choosing abortion, uh, it's about 75% of the time that they're going to choose life after visiting with us. Wow, that's a much higher statistic than I saw in the focus on the family statistic. I don't know if they're looking at things from a different angle or broader sample size, but you're saying at your clinic in Santee and the clinic in Southeast San Diego near our church – it's a 75%, 75% of those ladies who come in thinking they will have an abortion, once they see the ultrasound, once they see their child, once the veil is lifted and they can see through the portal and see the baby in their womb for what it is, a child in the image of God, 75% change their mind and decide to preserve and protect the life and have the baby. Yes. That's tremendous. It's, That's tremendous. It's a huge impact. And, you know, a lot of lives are being saved in pregnancy centers. Yeah. But this is what uh, Supervisor Tara Lawson Remmer is trying to stop. She, mm-hmm. You know, she's funded by abortion clinics for her campaigns. Mm. She's motivated to be reelected and she's doing their bidding. They're telling her, please take out our competition. Wow. 75%. 
Now, I, I know there's more that you shared about once the once the mother and the family decides to have the baby, there are all kinds of support services, all kinds of donated clothes. Our church has often done that, diapers, two years of support after the baby's had. Um, but I think that's interesting to come back to why we're talking about this. San Diego County Supervisors, December 5th, recently uh, were looking at considering an agenda item that thankfully was pulled off because of the voice of the people. I would imagine many of God's people. And so they took it off. And we want to remind people that's why we need to have a voice for those who can't speak for themselves, especially in this case, right? And um, uh, now that that was taken off the agenda, there is a place where you're able to go and try to speak, uh, but it sounds like it's front-loaded and there's lots of people and it's it's hard to actually get on and speak during a, during a time, but thankfully it wasn't considered. There's just a general time. Uh, if, if you go to my article, reformation21.org, look, org, look for the article, Ultrasounds and Sonograms Save Babies' Lives, a Call to Support Pregnancy Care Clinics. It's with the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. If you go there, in footnote number one, you'll sing a long message from Josh McClure, our guest today from Pregnancy Care Clinic. Uh, you'll see some call to action information. Some of that would be dated, but still there is an email and I believe a phone number where you can try to proactively still try to influence because the concern is this could come back on another agenda when the people are sleeping, right? So right. Could, could you speak to what you would encourage people to do? For instance, I took that email. I think I did actually, um, I think I did something was online I could send a message to, but I encouraged our church, there's still an email address that you can use. Please take the time. We were actually studying, we were actually studying in this Westminster Shorter Catechism in the evening at the same time, uh, duties required and things forbidden about the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. And uh, what's forbidden, you know, real short, is, is to do nothing about it. We have to step in. We have to try to be involved and save lives. And so I encourage people, please take a moment. You know, we're going to always say how horrible it is our country allows abortions, legalizes all these things. This is a moment we need to make an effort, and we need to do something about it. And we have a simple, easy thing to do. And I'm thankful some of the folks, uh, maybe all of them, but some of them who let me know, they did send in an email. And can you speak to that? What do you advise our listeners to do proactively? Thankfully, the Lord took this satanic agenda off the San Diego County Supervisors meeting. But it sounds like there's a significant agenda to get it back on later, I would imagine. Right. What can our listeners do to try to keep that from happening? What, how do they communicate? Can you give them some, some ways to, do, to try to help? So first of all, you need to understand that um, the attacks that they're bringing are, are they're contrary to the First Amendment. They're unconstitutional um freedom they, of speech freedom of yeah. freedom of speech freedom to not speak uh freedom to not uh to, to not act in in this case we're talking about abortion uh, pregnancy centers do not do abortion that's the issue that supervisor remmer uh, wants to use to close us down okay so we uh what we need to do is we need to keep our eye on these agenda items and it shouldn't, it shouldn't be this way, but it is. We need to watch the county, San Diego County supervisors. We need to watch the city of San Diego. How do we do that? Do we, are there certain websites? I mean, you're speaking to a person who's pretty ignorant about this. I'm, I'm probably not alone. How do we watch these things? There's websites. I think you yeah, mentioned they're you live. Know what? I, all I would do is just Google San Diego County agenda. Okay. And everything just comes up. It's, it's the first thing on the what, list. And you can watch these things. You can learn you can how watch to them live. Call in, attend them, speak, address them with email. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The, the instructions are pretty clear in there. So if it were to be brought up again as an agenda item, uh, the public is allowed to come and speak during the hearings. Mm -hmm. It's a small room. It probably seats about 100 people. So, you know, you, well, if you're going to come, come early. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, um, but probably what most of us can do, and, and it may be more realistic to, to get a larger voice heard, is these this email address, for instance. Yeah, there's email a— Email your San, San Diego County supervisors, yeah. So you can—it's you, essentially going to the clerk. Okay. Comment on the agenda item, whether you're opposed or against, or opposed or for the agenda item. Those are all tabulated— and then you can also send them directly to the uh, the supervisor that brings the agenda item forward. And you can email and communicate directly with their office. One email address you supplied that I included in the footnote of my article is publiccomment at sdcounty.ca.gov. 
.gov. Would you recommend that being an email to send to? or uh, Not right now because there's, oh. there's not an agenda item. Okay. So when it, there is an agenda when there's item, an agenda would that be item, to do it? You would comment and you would indicate in the email this is uh, in opposition of agenda okay. item X. Okay. Would it make sense for people to do that now saying, I understand agenda 20, item 25 was on. I'm glad to know it was taken off. And I don't want to see something like that put on a new agenda. Would that make sense to do proactively? or And send it to Supervisor Lawson Remmer's office. Okay, directly to that office. Li- okay. what, what literally happened, and this, this was confirmed by another pregnancy center director who saw her uh, moments before the hearing. Um, Supervisor Remmer put, uh, put the agenda item forward. The next day, she was withdrawing it because mm. we were ready we had already gotten everything ready. We had these emails ready to go, and we let people know what was happening. Okay. And the response she says, what she says is, I, w- I listened to the people. Okay. Well, then our prayer needs to be, obviously, we need to bathe this in prayer. We need to you know, beseech the Lord that he puts it on the hearts of God's people and that the voice of the Lord is heard through the voice of the people because especially in our nation, in our world, it's we the people uh, that are we get what we get, we get what we deserve, frankly, often. But uh, these babies in people's wombs have nothing to do with that, and they deserve to be protected. But it, we want to definitely get the word out that this has been happening. Obviously, in the state of California, there are other bills and issues you speak about on your blog at supportpc.org that would be good to listen to, or good to go read, pcc.org, I should say. Um, but this particular one, I think it was important to let people know. I thank you for being here. Uh, again, we're speaking with Executive Director of Pregnancy Care Clinic. They are in Santee and also have a satellite office in Southeast San Diego. And uh, Josh McClure is here speaking about pregnancy care services. Uh, but in, in, in light of the fact that we need sonograms, we need ultrasounds. I keep saying those, I think, in technically reverse order. We need ultrasounds and sonograms uh, because when people see this baby in the womb of a woman, we see the image of God. We see the skeleton. We see the baby moving kicking and of course as it gets older it's unbelievable all the things you see you know something comes to mind uh, our son Gideon who is three now and uh, sometimes we call him the Hulk sometimes we call him Dennis thank you um, he when he when we have a an ultrasound of him in a sonogram print now I'm not exactly sure how old he was he would have been significantly more along I think at the time it's the most amazing thing we still have it up on our wall we have pictures of all of our children when they were young have pictures of all our children up on the wall when they were young. Then on the other side, we have pictures of all of them with their school pictures. And Gideon, we just haven't been, we haven't replaced it with something that's more like a baby picture because it was so tremendous. He's looking right at us. And he's, it looks just like him, like he looks right now, his face. It was unbelievable. His eyes are looking right at our eyes, and he's just got this cute little smile, the same cute little smile he has now, <laughs> which can often little be a little bit, <laughs> as soon as you turn around, I'm going to get that toy or whatever. But uh, just a sweetheart, a wonderful kid. And the, the shape of the womb around him was like a heart. Mm-hmm. And I took a red marker, and I just traced the shape that looked like a heart of the womb around his little face looking at us. And uh, it's, it's, it's a glorious thing. You know, as you said, you let people know whatever choice you make is challenging. Parenting uh, is challenging, but parenting is God's will for us. Children are a gift from God. Psalm 127, Psalm 128, even related to grandchildren. Psalm 139 says that God is actually there in the womb with the child at the very beginning, forming the child in the mother's womb even before we know the child is there. And in fact, uh, when one they of, were in the depths of the earth. Right. And one of the Hebrew words, I think, I think it's verse uh, 16, I believe. Uh, actually, if you look at it, it's the Hebrew word is something like zygote. And actually, one of the Spanish translations translated it as embryon rather than substance. Uh, very, very early, the embryo, what we might think of so tiny and little, the Lord is there already forming, already there with this person, just developing the person. And these are just a few scriptures that point out there's so many that could be spoken to. I will mention that we had Mr. McClure at our church a number of years ago now and spoke to this whole need for pregnancy care centers, spoke to things related in Scripture such as the scary things when sometimes the Israelites followed the way of the world and offered their children up to Moloch, which would be to suffer and die a delivered child on this burning, scalding uh, idol. And we're not to do the same, only to do it inside the womb and try to pretend we don't see it, we don't hear about it, or we don't know it. So I want to thank you again, uh, Josh, for being with us. And uh, can you let us know contact information, phone number, 
website, uh, maybe the addresses of your two specific locations. Uh, and um, so people know how to find you if they need help or they know someone that does about uh, seeing their baby for themselves to help them make an educated decision. Yep. So you can find us on our website, www.supportpcc.com. And you can go to uh, our location out in Santee is 10201 Mission Gorge Road. And in Southeast San Diego, uh, 4130 Alpha Street. Thank you. And that satellite office uh, on Alpha Street is close to our church, Puritan Reformed Presbyterian Church. Uh, and this program is brought to you, Man's Chief End Radio is brought to you by our church. And uh, we want to thank you again for being here with us. We want to encourage everyone to uh, learn again how you can proactively be working to save babies' lives. And as our church does, so thankful to have a, a parachurch ministry like the Pregnancy Care Clinic to be able to turn to uh, to support helping that happen. Again, if you want to read the article, uh, Ultrasounds and Sonograms Save baby li- Babies' Lives, a call to support pregnancy care clinics, go to the Alliance of Confessing Evangelical website, reformation21.org. Look for the article by yours truly, Grant Van Leuven. Again, I'm the pastor of Puritan Reformed Presbyterian Church. Usually you're going to hear our sermons uh, played on Man's Chief End Radio Sunday through Friday at 5.30 a.m. Sometimes we do get in the studio for interviews like this. I'm very thankful to be able to put this out there to Christians in San Diego County so that they can be praying, first of all, for the Lord's protection uh, over these children praying for the Lord to convert people, because obviously the Christian witness as well, and praying that the Lord will bring people to these places to save babies' lives, and the Lord uses our voice to keep such places open to save the babies who cannot speak for themselves. Thank you very much for being with us. God bless you. We'll be praying for you often. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to Man's Chief End, a radio ministry of the Puritan Reformed Presbyterian Church in San Diego, full subscriptionists to the original Westminster Standards. Augustine wrote, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. This is Man's Chief End, to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. To help us keep this program on the air with your cheerful gifts, please visit PuritanChurch.com. Click on the Give button at the top right of your screen and choose Man's Chief End Radio in the designation drop-down box. Or, if you prefer to send your support through the mail, please make your checkout to Puritan Reformed Presbyterian Church with Man's Chief End Radio in the memo line and send it to Puritan Reformed Presbyterian Church, 6374 Potomac Street, San Diego, California, 92139. Thank you. You are invited to join us Sundays for morning and evening worship and Wednesday nights for prayer and Bible study. Our church is located in Southeast San Diego and is easy to get to via Highways 54 and 805. For more information, visit PuritanChurch.com or call 619-479-5053. That's 619-479-5053. And join Pastor Grant here on K-Praise, Sunday through Friday at 5.30 a.m. for Man's Chief End Radio.